Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All groups of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning, good morning, and that's right, you're listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links, and my name is Pierre Morrow, and I'll be with you until half past nine this morning, it'll be myself, uh, Giselle will be back next week as well. The um, the interview you were just listening there was with a young uh, uh, refugee um, here in, in Australia, and um, and of course, today is uh, six years of uh, re-establishment of Manus and Nauru concentration camps. So there is a rally at 2 p.m. at the State Library here in Melbourne. So hopefully, all you listeners out there will be able to to get there and um, and campaign against this uh, this crime that is uh, continuing against so many people and uh, against the whole edifice of the. Um, Uh, anti-immigration, anti-refugee politics of both major parties here in Australia. But um, that interview was uh, by Solidarity Breakfast, so thanks to um, Annie and Rebecca for a very interesting program once again. Now, um, Asia Pacific Current is uh, your program about... um, Labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. And on today's program, we'll have our usual roundup of uh, of uh, news items from the region. We've actually got um, three from Australia this time. And, um, and in the second half of the program, around um, quarter past nine or thereabouts, 18 past nine, you'll be, uh, we'll be talking to Mike Kotsakis, who is the co-chairperson of uh, the Philippine-Australia Solidarity Association and also the finance officer of the International League of People's Struggle in Australia about the the ongoing human rights uh, violations in the Philippines and the war on drugs of President Duterte. We've um, brought you this issue before, but the situation just keeps getting worse. So that'll be in the second half of the program. But I've got a number of uh, news items, so um, we'll go straight um, to them and um, the first one is um, really about uh, another case of uh, exploitation of migrant workers here in um, in Australia where a union in uh, in Melbourne Australia has been mounting a campaign against the noted restaurant uh, Hochi Mama for its systemic underpayments of its workforce the union hospital voice said the pay slips showed wages of just $21 an hour with no penalty rates with calculations suggesting one staff member was underpaid almost $10,000 in a few months. Worse off were the um, the workers employed uh, who were recent migrants and international students who were paid a um, flat $70 to $100 rate for working 12 to 14 hour shifts or as little as $5 an hour. Some even had to sleep at the restaurant on milk crates. In addition, staff often discovered that they had been fired after being deleted from a staff online chat 
group. Now, um, this case uh, really was on the back, or at the same time, um, that another famous restaurateur, George Columbaris, was fined 200000 uh, Australian dollars for systemically underpaying his workers up of up to $8 million in wages across his chain of restaurants. In other words, he stole almost $8 million from his workers. So... Um, this is really a major issue that has really been highlighted now in Australia, these systematic underpayments of workers, especially in the hospitality and in the farm industries or sectors. Um, we go to uh, talking about stolen wages. A couple of weeks ago, in the northern, uh, the northern Australian state of Queensland agreed to settle a claim on behalf of an estimated 10,000 Indigenous workers whose wages were handed to the state between the years of 1939 to 1972. Under the so-called Protection Act, Indigenous workers, including stockmen, farmhands, laundry assistants, kitchen staff and domestic workers, had their wages held in trust accounts and in some cases never released. Now, the government has agreed to return 190 million Australian dollars to these workers and their descendants. Now, while this sounds like a great amount, um, the reality is that this amount only represents, and it's a great win because the governments have actually fought for years against um, um, giving back these stolen wages, and we've brought this uh, issue for at least the last decade on this program. Now, while it's great that they're getting some money, this actually represents only $19,000 per person for wages that were stolen from Indigenous workers for basically four decades. Um, And it actually doesn't do anything about the wages that were stolen before 1939. And earlier estimates had put that the total was at least $500 million. So partial victory, but now um, uh, believe that Indigenous groups will launch similar class actions in in other Australian states as well. Come to me, lover, I've secrets to tell. Hi, we're Dash. And you're listening to 3CR Community Radio. And staying in Australia for our last item for Australia. Um, A fortnight ago, uh, Jack uh, Jerds, an experienced mining operator, was killed after he got trapped in the excavator he was working with. Jack has, has become the sixth mining death in the state of Queensland in the last 12 months. While his death prompted the government to initiate crisis talks between the state government, the mining industry and unions, the reality is that occupational health and safety issues um, have been known for a while in this uh, in this sector. The mining industry is becoming more and more automated where there are less workers overall. But um, what this means is that these workers will increasingly work in isolation and will be required to do more and more tasks. In addition, the increase in contracting out and casualisation of the workforce has weakened union power, making workers more fearful of their job security and less likely to speak about the occupational health and safety issues. Otherwise, they'll just not be um, uh, given the job back. So this is a really big issue that, again, uh, it's very much happens in other countries around the world as well. 
We now go to um, to Taiwan, where a few weeks ago we told you about the historic um, strike by flight attendants on uh, Eva Air. Well, that um, strike has now um, finished and it actually um, came to an end on the 9th of July after two and a half weeks of, of strike. Again, it was the first time there was... Um, um, a, a strike in the private sector in Taiwan since the end of the military dictatorship there a couple of decades ago. Now, the thousands of female flight attendants had been maintaining an occupation outside the EVA headquarters for all these uh, two and a half weeks. Now, while the, uh, these workers did receive solidarity um, from both inside Taiwan and internationally, the workers faced unrelenting political and media pressure inside the country. The workers managed to improve some of their pay and rest conditions and were able to achieve their demands for greater company representation. Unfortunately, the um, workers were pressured to sign a no-strike clause for three years. So um, I'm sure we won't. Um, that won't be the end of this uh, of the issue, and we'll see um, how they go um, um, after three years. Hey, this is Nick Rumpinau. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. We just um, go um, very close to Taiwan. We go to South Korea, where there was another general strike in South Korea this week. Now, this year has uh, really seen an upsurge in labor mobilization in South Korea. And uh, we'll be um, bringing an interview with the uh, KCTU, with the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions, in the next um, couple of weeks. We'll just see what um, Giselle uh, has brought back an interview as well to see which one we put um, first. But uh, you'll be hearing about what's happening um, overall in South Korea. But uh, last Thursday, over 50,000 workers staged a strike and marches to protest against the low increase or the small increase that the minimum wage commission awarded to workers. The commission set the minimum wage for 2020 at um, 8,500 won per hour, which is a 2.87 increase on um, from this year. And, but it is actually its third lowest rate of increase and much lower to the one demanded by the workers, which was for 10,000 won per hour. And 10,000 won is um, $8.50 US dollars. The main protest outside the National Assembly coincided with the Parliamentary Environment and Labour Committee meeting to review the expansion of the flexible working hour system. The demands of the of the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions are abroad because the offensive against workers uh, is very um, broad on all fronts, but their demands have stopped the regressive uh, uh, retrogressive revisions, secure fundamental labour rights, abolish irregular position uh, and stop the suppression of labour groups, something that we can all share and be in solidarity um, with our comrades in South Korea. We now go to Mumbai, where un- unfortunately this week a four-storey building uh, collapsed in a densely populated working-class district of uh, Dongri due to heavy monsoonal rains. 
Now, so far, 14 people have been declared dead, but it is believed that up to another 50 may still be trapped under the rubble. The building actually had a restaurant on its ground floor. Rescue efforts have been hampered by the surrounding narrow lanes, preventing the use of heavy equipment as well as low-hanging electric wires. The building itself was around 100 years old and had been previously been condemned as not fit for habitation. Now, unfortunately, the reality is that uh, real estate prices in Mumbai are among the highest in Asia and safe, affordable housing is virtually non-existent for the great majority of workers and their families. So in other words, there are a lot of buildings that have been condemned uh, in Mumbai uh, as old and dilapidated and whatever, but the reality is that workers really have no other choice. There is no housing for them to go to and so they are forced to work in overcrowded unsafe uh, oh sorry to live in overcrowded unsafe um, conditions and um, unfortunately it happens in other cities around the world and so really public housing and urban issues are very much uh, working class issues hey you you who are listening we haven't reached our target yet but you can help us out log into our website 3cr.org.au or call us on 94198377 and give us some support. Help us keep running this radio for another year. We need you. That's right. Um, while um, Radiothon is over, we, uh, we are close to the target. We've got lots of pledges that are, are not paid up. So, comrades, listeners, if you have pledged and you haven't paid up, you know what to do. Um, go to our website, give us a call during the week or just come in at the station and please pay up. We do need that money. And if you want, oh, I forgot for this year, it's never too late to um, to, to pledge and, and to donate. So just go again, go to our website, all the w3cr.org.au or um, go um, ring us up on 94198377 during the week or just come in person here at 21 Smith Street. Um, Fitzroy. It's all uh, money well spent. It's just on 14 past and 9 o'clock. I've got my last uh, item for the news roundup. And this one is a, a general one, really, that uh, it um, it talks about refugees and uh, it's a new report by the European um, uh, Stop Weapon Handle and Transnational Institute uh, TNI and their report is titled Border Wars The Arms Dealers Profiting from Europe's Refugee Tragedy so it's very much focused on Europe but it's the, the, uh, the issues um, are, are global really now this um, report details how the issue of refugees has become a highly profitable um, industry for certain companies. Um, the report says uh, details how military and security companies that win, la- that win large contracts to supply government and third parties with military equipment to fight armed conflicts around the world are also the beneficiaries of the human disasters these conflicts cause. These companies have then been actively encouraging the growing securitization of Europe's borders by providing the equipment to border guards, the surveillance technology to monitor frontiers and the IT infrastructure to track population movements. This is then replicated for other parts of the world and the same would go here in Australia. So um, once again, you know... you can never stop to, to say that refugees are not the problem. 
the real problem are the governments, the companies, and the politicians that create refugees. And as you can see, they're actually companies that, that make profit from all stages of this cycle of the refugee movement, I from actually creating refugees uh, and actually pushing out these flows to then actually putting them in jail in other countries and uh, creating the, 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 the walls that are going up all around the world. So, you know, refugees, it's, it's really become a profitable business. It's, a, it's a, a profitable industry on the misery of our sisters and brothers. So that's why it's so important. Uh, if you're in Melbourne this afternoon, 2 p.m. outside the State Library here in the centre of uh, Melbourne, uh, Swanson Street, it's six years um, for the reopening of Manus and Nauru detention centres, I should say concentration camps, um, it's it's time to dismantle all these um, all these uh, walls and all these prisons. So um, be there and uh, show your support for refugees, not just in Australia but everywhere around the world. So I'm here at the school kids strike for climate action with some of the people who are on strike today. Can you tell us your names and how old you are? My name is Marta and I am 8 years old. My name's Layla and I'm 11 years old. Inequality is at a 70 year high. Our jobs are going offshore, our jobs are being casualised. 40% of us are trapped in insecure work. The richest 1% have more than the 70% of us at the bottom. And workers will stand up and fight. You've never seen a fight before until you back the Australian workers into a corner and tell them they've got no rights. Those workers will fight. 3CR, union issues and workers' struggles. Feed Radical Radio. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. This is Irene Bolger, former Secretary of the Nurses' Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986 and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there, broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR... Radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976. It's just on uh, 18 past 9 o'clock here on Asia Pacific Currents, your favourite radio programme on your favourite radio, 3CR uh, radio, and... um, it's um, um, yep. Yeah, I think I did say the time. It's actually nineteen past uh, nine o'clock. And as I um, mentioned um, before at the start of the um, of the program, the human rights situation is um, quite abysmal in the in the Philippines. And um, I've got with me uh, Mike Kotsakis, who is the co-chairperson of the Philippine Australia um, Solidarity Association. Good morning, May. Good morning, dear, and good, good morning to listeners. Um, thank you very, thank you very much. Now we've had, we have uh, over the last few years, we have brought um, information about the situation in the Philippines, but um, just for our listeners that may not 
be up to up to date. Can you give us a, a bit of an overview of the the situation and and with with all the all the uh, killings by the death squads and and the police and and what is the situation for activists in the Philippines? Oh, the, the human rights situation in the Philippines uh, here is dire. The Duterte government has no regard, no respect at all for human rights. So the killings and human rights abuses are indiscriminate, and victims include aged people, women, and children. Even the killing of the three-year-old just last month by the Philippine National Police, and they just claimed it as collateral damage. So a suspect, as drug users, eh, a drug user or user suspected, rather than arrest them and tried in court, they are just murdered. Human rights advocates, even people's lawyers, community leaders, peasants, workers, are tagged as members of the New People's Army or as communists. They are being harassed threatened, illegally detained, abducted, or killed. And those who are detained are charged with fabricated charges. And this doesn't exclude civil society organizations advocating and campaigning for the poor. They are maligned, and they are accused as fronts of the New People's Army. And the three recent um, organizations or civil society organizations, which are the Karapatan and the rural missionaries in the Philippines, including Ibun. They are um, red-tagged and maligned. And members of these, of course, members of this organization, especially the leaders, are tagged as um, terrorists. And they are being targeted. Uh, that's right, Maid. It's, it's really quite an indiscriminate um, reign of terror that now has has really developed in in the Philippines. Probably um, even much worse than even in the worst times of the Marcos dictatorship. How are, are people um, trying to defend themselves or make sure that um, they'll still be alive the the following day? Oh yes. Um Many people are frightened, of course, but the members of the progressive organizations, uh, they are not, of course, they are not going to stop. They do campaigns and uh, lobbying and um, even international. Uh, Several delegations went to the United Nations to lobby the United Nations Human Rights Council. even us here, we lobby the government of Australia to support the resolution or, um, that was proposed by Iceland. So um, they, they sort of uh, uh, create uh, so, um, a, an environment that, so that people, even though the killings is rampant, the violation is rampant, they support each other and continue campaigning, go to the streets, uh, continue releasing the killings to to inform the international community of what is happening in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So they are not sort of stopped or threatened by the, um, the government. Yes, um, that's right. And we do get uh, reports of, of really quite uh, heroic, a uh, lot of the activists in, in, in the Philippines. Uh, do you feel, obviously, 
you've got um, even though while you're living here in uh, in Melbourne, you've got a, a good handle of what's happening in the Philippines, and and you've got a lot of contacts. Do do you think that the there is some movement that the that all the activists, all the work that they've been doing, that the there's more and more people that that realise and what what is happening and really want the situation to to stop or. Is it still not seen as a major issue? The the this all these killings, or people are just putting their heads down and and trying not to think about it. I think there are more and more people appear. Uh, Actually, the the statistic that's being released by the government regarding the support in the thirty is actually false. You know, so there are more and more people, including internationally, that are campaigning, you know, for the human rights violation to stop. Even even here in Australia, so we are actually, we are we are not surprised, but we are actually pleased that Australians mo- know much about the Philippines. Every every person here that we talk, we have uh, spoken to, they are concerned of the what is happening in the Philippines, the killings, the human rights violation there, the red tagging, they are actually concerned. So many people are asking us about about what is happening in the Philippines, and uh, sometimes they are the ones telling us that the what's happening in the Philippines is really appalling and uh, frightening, you know. So we know that um, if the, in spite of the Duterte regime going around, sending delegations to different countries and maligning the mass organizations that are campaigning on human rights, despite um, the lobbying of the Duterte government. It doesn't really cover up what is happening in the Philippines because people around the world are aware of what is happening in the Philippines. It is it is actually evidenced by the resolution that was passed just uh, last month at the Human Rights uh, at the United Nations Human Rights Council. Yes, that, I, mean, I, I have seen that, and, and and you're right that you're saying that the the word is going out. There's much more awareness, especially internationally, at some of these big organisations about what is what is uh, happening and uh, condemning really President Duterte and the administration as uh, really uh, as factory of of human rights violations and murders. Now, as a last question, May, if uh, someone would like to get more involved and get more information. Information um, where about uh, the Philippines and to support the struggle in the Philippines. Where could they go? They can actually contact us, or they can contact directly the Philippines uh, organizations uh, like the Human Rights uh, Advocacy Organization, Karapatan, or there are several organizations, actually major organizations, campaigning for human rights, which include, of course, the Karapatan or the National Union of People's Lawyer the IPMSDL, or Indigenous Peoples Movement for Self-Determination and Liberation, the Union of Agricultural Workers, including the Political Prisoners uh, Organization, and church groups, because these, these organizations have the most members that are actually affected or killed uh, by the Duterte regime. So they, they, um, they led uh, the campaigns for human rights. And of course, uh, Bayan, which is the alliance of, of various organizations in the Philippines, which represents all sectors of society. And in internationally as well, 
there are plenty of organizations also campaigning, which includes the Filipino migrants in different countries, and Amnesty International is campaigning for the respect of human rights in the Philippines, People's Lawyers, the International Association of People's Lawyers, and even the United Nations now is very much, you know, concerned of what is happening in the Philippines. So they can actually contact um, various organizations. But here in Australia, they can contact us. You know, they can contact PASA, um, any member of PASA, because PASA continuously campaigns for the respect of human rights in the Philippines, or ICHARP, the International Coalition for Human Rights in the Philippines. We have an ICHARP Australia, and uh, Sister Pat is uh, representing that. She, she is the spokesperson as well of uh, human rights campaign of PASA. So there are plenty of people that they can contact regarding this campaign. All right. Well, thank you very much. You've given a, a very comprehensive list, uh, May, and hopefully uh, we'll get uh, more and more people involved. So thank you very much, uh, May, and uh, solidarity to all your sisters and brothers, both uh, here and in, in the Philippines. Thank you, Pierre, and it is my pleasure to be, you know, to be at your radio. Thank all you so much. No worries. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Nick Rumpinau. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. Well, we've really come to the end of another program of Asia Pacific Currents. You were listening to May Kutsakas, who is the co-chairperson of the Philippine-Australia Solidarity Association um, about the uh, human rights violation and really the reign of terror that uh, President Duterte has instituted in in the Philippines, but also all the, about about all the work that's been going by activists to actually struggle to stop and to fight his murderous uh, policies. So um, that's really the end of another program of Asia Pacific Currents. We've got to go. My name is Pierre Morrow. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week at the same time, but stay tuned for Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of Independent Community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.